Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Welcome to today's podcast. With us, we have Shelley Bloom, who is the Director of Legislative Awareness and Training. And today's topic will be 1095-1094, Reminder and Changes for 2016 Filing in 2017. However, before we begin, I would like to review the following with you. This podcast is designed to highlight various employee benefit matters of general interest to our listeners. It is not intended to interpret laws or regulations or to address specific client situations. You should not act or rely on any information contained herein without seeking the advice of an attorney or a tax professional. Let me start with my first question. Shelley, we are fast approaching January 1, 2017. Last year was the first year to file 1095s and 1094s. It's time to talk about deadlines and changes. Can you begin with a short refresher for us? Thank you, Jim. Um, Yes, I can start with a refresher for you. Any employer that had 50 or more full-time and full-time equivalent employees in 2015 is required to do the reporting for the 2016 year. And of course, as you already uh, referenced, the reporting is actually done in 2017. And we're specifically looking at reporting only on full-time employees. Full-time employee is defined as anyone who works on average 130 hours or more in a month or 30 hours or more in a week. That would be a full-time employee in the eyes of the federal government, and you would need to do a 1095C for them um, for the 2016 year, whether they worked one month at at that or if they worked the whole year as a full-time employee. So the employer's responsibility is to give a 1095C to each full-time employee And then there is some reporting that the employer has to do to the federal government. The uh, deadline has changed already. The initial deadline was January 1 of 2017, and it was moved forward to March 2nd of 2017. Now, my next question, what does the employee do with the 1095C for? The 1095C form proves that the employer offered coverage to the employee, and again, we're talking about a full-time employee only. It proves that the employer provided coverage that was minimum value and affordable to that employee. You remember that the original law talks about household income, but there are three safe harbors that the employer has to keep in mind, and the employer is focusing only on his or her employee and whether or not the single individual cost of insurance is minimum value and affordable to that employee. So the employer will complete the 1095C. There's three parts. And unless the employer is offering self-insured or self-funded coverage, they're completing parts one and two. Part one is simply information about the individual and also about the employer. Part two are the three lines that if you've done this in the last year, you're familiar with lines 14, 15, and 16, where the employer will determine 
Um, was the employee eligible and what months was he eligible? How much was contributed by the employee to the total cost of the health insurance? And then line 16 talks about whether the employee enrolled, when were they eligible, if they waived the coverage, was the coverage affordable? So they give a copy of the 1095C to the employee, they'll keep a copy for their own records, and then the third copy needs to go into the federal government. Great. Isn't there a form that the inside C carrier or provider gives the employee? The insurance carrier is going to send a 1095B if an employer has coverage through a specific carrier or insurance company. Um, so as an example, if I buy coverage from a Blue Cross or Blue Shield provider, then everybody that is covered under that plan by me as the employer is going to get that 1095B from the insurance carrier, the Blue Cross Blue Shield provider in this case, and it's consisting of four parts. The top part, number one, is all about the employee. Part two is about the employer. Part three is about the insurance carrier, in this case a Blue Cross Blue Shield provider. And then part four is going to list not only the employee, but any spouse or dependents that might be covered under that plan. So someone who is covered by an employer that has 50 or more employees is going to get a 1095C from the employer. They're going to get a 1095B from the insurance carrier that's going to tell them similar information, but you notice that the insurance carrier information is also telling them who is enrolled on the plan, not just the months that the coverage was effective. Now, last year we learned a lot. What has changed for this year? Well, the first thing I already talked about, which is the filing. So initially, uh, the filing is to be done by January 31st. All employees are to have the 1095Cs in their hand. And already the federal government came back and said, all right, we know that's going to be a difficulty for 2017. Um, so we are allowing you until March 2nd, again, March 2nd, to get those 1095Cs out to your full-time employees. So that's one of the things that has changed. Another that has changed is something called transition relief. And when this law came out, there was a lot of uh, postponing and a lot of changes. So transition relief said that if you were an employer that had 50 to 99 employees, in 2015, you did not have to offer coverage to them and you did not have to um, worry about reporting that until this year, 2016. Well, you're, there is no more transition relief. You may be completing a plan year in 2016 and so you'll report that when you're doing your forms. And what I mean by that is, let's say an employer that has 75 employees his plan renewed on July 1st of 2016. So from July 1st of 2015 to July 1st of 2016, for those six months in 2016, there was transition relief that was allowed for that employer so they would use a specific code. But once they hit that 2016 renewal, all of that transition relief is gone. Um, there's a, a couple new codes that you would use on line 14. They are codes 1J and 1K. 
The most commonly used one would be Code 1K. Both of these involve the spousal opt-out provision, which says from an employer, if you have a spouse and your spouse has the ability to get coverage somewhere else, then we do not want to cover that spouse on this health insurance plan. So if you are an employer that does that, then you want to make sure that you're using code 1K. And again, the difference between 1J and 1K, 1J says that you're not offering coverage to the dependents or the children under age 26. And I don't know of a carrier that allows anybody to carve those kids out. So 1K is the code that is going to be most often used. There are also two codes that won't be used this year, the 1I and the 2I code, because they involve transition relief. And as I explained, transition relief will be gone by the end of this year. There was a clarification about COBRA codes. Um, if you have an employee that worked with you, terminated employment with you, you sent him out a federal COBRA notice, <clears throat> once that employee terminates with you, you don't need to worry about listing him on the 1095C form any longer. But if you have an employee that's still working with you, but let's say reduced hours, and you offer them COBRA coverage while they're still working part-time, then you still need to put in that code that you are offering coverage just like you did in the past. So the instructions for the 2016 1095 and 1094 forms do reflect those uh, clarifications under COBRA. What does the employer report to the IRS? So as I talked about with the 1095s a short time ago, the employer will give a copy of the 1095 to the employees, keep a copy for themselves. That third copy needs to go into the IRS, and it should go in with the 1094C form. Now, the 1094C has four parts to it. The first part is information about the employer and about the number of employees that are eligible for coverage. Um, the second part talks about some uh, different types of reporting that the employer could have. There are four different boxes, A, B, C, and D. B is no longer available this year, again, because of transition relief. The third part is the part that um, there are five columns and it talks about total number of employees you have, total full-time employees. Did you offer coverage to 95% of your full-time workforce, which is what an employer is supposed to do this year? Um, and then part four is only used if you are a part of a control group or an aggregated group. And those reports must be filled out for every EIN number, every employer identification number that is within the group. So if you are an employer group, you're part of a control group, and you have five different businesses, and each one has their own EIN number, then each one of those EIN numbers reports on their employees only, sends in copies of the 1095C forms for their full-time employees with that 1094C form, and all of that goes into the federal government. Now, a little bit about the deadlines. I said the 1095C needs to be given to the employees by March 2nd of 2017. The 1095C form, I just said, the 1094C form 
which is the one that the employer sends into the federal government, the 1094C, that has to go in by February 28th of 2017 if you are completing all of this on paper. If you have a vendor or a payroll company that is assisting you in this reporting, then you have an extra month. You're filing electronically until, and you have until the end of March. So March 31st if you're filing electronically, February 28th if you're filing on paper. Can you review what an employer does this year with their union employees? Sure. If you have employees that are part of a union, oftentimes you, the employer, are contributing to the cost of the health insurance, but you're sending it to that particular union that the employee is participating with. So that employee is your employee, and you need to give them a 1095C form However, the same as last year, you are marking line 14 as 1H because you are not offering coverage to that employee. You leave line 15 blank. And then line 16, you would put code 2E, which says the employee has coverage through a union or other type of offering and so that's what you would do. So you as the employer are required to still give them a form. They get the 1095C from you with the 1H and 2E codes. Then the employee will also get a similar form, a 1095C form from the union, and that's how the union coverage goes. Thank you, Shelley. Now, is there anything else you'd like to remind employers about? Yes. Um, one thing I'd like to remind is if the employers did not complete their 2015 uh, reporting, they should still get that reporting in. There are penalties that are associated with failure to send in these forms. The penalties in 2016 are $260 per form, and there's a maximum penalty out there of well over $3 million. Um, if you didn't get the 2015 forms in, please get them in. And the 2016 forms, they are still going to uh, take into account what you're dealing with as an employer. Uh, if you simply fail to complete the forms when you know you have to do them, then the penalty is definitely going to apply to you. If you get the forms in but there are some errors, if you do get audited and IRS has questions, they may be a little bit lenient with you again in 2016. 2015, remember, was the learning year for all of this, both from our perspective as employers and from the IRS's perspective. We have yet to see any penalties that come out from the 2015 reporting. We expect that we'll start to see some of those in 2017, looking back to the 2015 year. But it's very important that if you are an employer that has 50 or more full-time and full-time equivalent employees, you are an applicable large employer. Or if you are a smaller employer but your owner also owns other companies and when you add all those employees together, you have 50 or more, you are part of that control group. And so you do need to make sure you do the filing. And then lastly, just to say that I'm always available to offer help or guidance, whether you need help with codes or filling out forms or you're not sure that if what you're doing is correct, 
it's important for you to contact your sales rep or your account manager, and they will contact me, and we can get together in some way to help you with this reporting if you need it. Great. Thank you, Shelley. Everyone, you. everyone, we hope you found this podcast helpful and informative. If you should have any questions, then please contact your account manager or salesperson. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.